this is a uh, Ink Studs on Location interview with uh, Billy Mavries. Uh, Mavreas. Mavreas. Yeah. Okay. I apologize. No, no, no. It's it's been it's been it's been Billy Mavris. It's been Billy Mavreas. It's in French. It's Billy Mavreas. It's okay. But it's a Greek name. Though. Yes, it is. Yeah. Vasilis um. Mavreas. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hey. Yeah. Whoa. <clears throat> so uh, we're in the. Uh, the Helen Pitt Gallery, which is, I guess, an artist-run space. That's right. It's, I used to live a block away from here, and I've never actually come in. Welcome. So, yeah, it's nice to, <laughs> nice to come check it out. Um, and you're in town in Vancouver. Um, I'm actually going to post this up online tonight, because for Friday you have the opening here. That's right. Um, people can come and check out the projects you've been working on, and then Saturday you're going to be at Lucky's way up at Maine and King Ed. That's right. So um, maybe we'll start out by talking about your latest book, um, Inside Outside Overlap, mm -hmm. which um, after sitting down and going through all the stuff I had on hand, it's completely different from your other stuff. I think so. Just uh, style-wise. Yeah. The, the themes are, are pretty much, I can't escape the themes that I've been yeah. playing with for years, but, uh, but uh, the st style-wise, it's The Great Liberation, Pencil and Eraser and Smudger. And... Uh, what a load off that is. <laughs> I guess uh, you're saying you felt limited before by the photocopy machine and antiquated well, technology. Well, it's not that. It's I, I love the photocopy machine. What I, it, but it was all about easy reproduction. If you're going to do minis or whatever, yeah, uh, you're doing high contrast black and white, and you're doing inking. And I don't like. I love inking, uh, but until they make the perfect. Japanese brush pen for white that goes along <laughs> with the perfect Japanese brush pen for black that I have, I'm going to stick with pencil and eraser, you know? There we go. Yeah. You have to start doing the scratch board. You know, I played. I, 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 I wouldn't mind doing more scratch board. It's, uh, some people have a lot of fun with it. Mm -hmm. uh, I know Peter Cooper quite enjoys it. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, inside, outside, um, I guess it's a spiritual journey of the young boy priest, mm -hmm. which you kind of regretted calling the boy priest afterwards. Kind of. It's just that it's just that I see that he his his face changes so much and his um, you know that I locked him into a gender when I didn't have to. Yeah. You know, because uh, there's nothing. I mean, he's a kid. Uh, um, but you know, I, fairly mutable anyway. I'm not going to let the name kind of stop him from you know flowering to a young lady if he has to. You know. Uh, or whatever happens to <laughs> happens to happens to him. Possible gem, gender ambiguity. Yes, yes, we want that. Which I'm going to dive into some questions actually. Do okay. with that in a little bit. Sure, sure, I know sure. your uh, spirituality is a big aspect for yourself going through all your work. Um, what set you on your spiritual journeys? I, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one because it's like I don't belong to any kind of church or tradition. I'm not a practitioner. You know, I'm a, I'm a bad student when it comes to things of the spirit and you know I'm a lousy meditator you know I basically you know drink more than anything um, but I guess dreams puzzling dreams as a young boy um, odd occurrences when I was an adolescent occurrences meaning let's like, say um, this overwhelming instant feeling that I'm part of everything and that everything is part of everything yeah. That there is no separations and that it's easy to coast through life compartmentalizing everything but sometimes uh, you know everything bleeds into everything else and and I've always been comforted by things like infinity and pondering the eternal more than getting 
uh, existential angsty about it. Yeah. You know, it's kind of comforting that 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 we're ants in a meaningless cosmos, so to speak. You know. So it's interesting to see the different viewpoints. Yeah, and and trying to hold them simultaneously, like trying to get into the meditative state or space where I'm trying to see through everybody's eyes at the same time if I'm in a room, and that cumulative point of view that is you know human experience, and it's vast, and you know throwing the animals and the trees and the minerals and forget it, you know, and the planetary things. You know? It seems like Gnosticism is a big one for you. I guess so. I, I'm not like I said, I'm not very well schooled, you know. I mean, I, I skirt around these things, but uh, I come to it pretty intuitively. Did you know that the Golden Dawn Temple used to have a block block away from here, one of their temples? Oh, I didn't know. <laughs> There's your uh, little bit of knowledge for the day. I didn't bring my uh, specifically colored robes in order to fit in. It's okay, they're gone. I think uh, <laughs> they probably got sick of the cockroaches in the building. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Friends involved in there about 10 years ago. It's a filthy, filthy building. Mm. <laughs> These occults has got to get it together, you know? Right next door to Vancouver's most notorious strip club. Oh. It's a good combination. Yeah. The temple of the... Of the okay. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, um... Comics. Comics. <laughs> so the comics help you explore where you're going through with that? Is it a way of helping to, I guess, dialogue with yourself? Kind of. What happens is that I, I make a little picture and then I make another little picture, as we know comics are, and... And, uh, and I don't really think about it too much, and then I, I'm delighted that sometimes the story comes out of it and it's very gratifying. It's a little more gratifying than just making a, one cool image, you know? That there's a sequence that emerges that, and there are symbols that, that run through it that, that I couldn't sometimes have engineered, you know? It seems like, you know, if, you, if you've got a little toolbox and you've got your circles mean this and straight lines mean this or whatever yeah. crap, and when you put it together and it happens by itself, there's a lot of happy accidents, you know? And it's like, hey, this is working, right on. So it's a matter of just basically like, like uh, strapping myself in and and trusting that it'll turn out okay without too much, you know, without racking my brain. If I don't know if I'm stuck in the plot part, I just sleep on it and yeah. it unravels itself eventually, you know? Like you kind of like if you're tired of writing, start rendering. You know what I mean? When you're tired of rendering, start writing again and then it just, things happen. Kind of organic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Organicize it. Yes. So when you first started doing comics, did you, was it that kind of hands-off intention we're just seeing where it takes you? No. 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 <laughs> no. I was doing a lot of, I've been doing rock posters in Montreal for a okay. long time, probably since like 87 or something. And uh, in the mid-90s I was doing a lot, like every week there would be a different poster of mine on the strip. And other zine guys and comic guys were enjoying them and invited me to participate in these fanzines, like Guillotine. Simon Bosse's Guillotine was one of the early ones. And and I did, but I felt like I didn't want to be the guy that makes the splash images in the comic zine. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think I should, I should try to make some comics. And it was, it, they were all just psychedelic wanks for the first little while. And, um, and then I started like, okay, trying to get a little more into it, you know, by making, let's say, not longer stories, because I didn't crack a 13-pager for years, you know? Yeah. It was all like five pages, two pages, or whatever. Uh, yeah, it wasn't organic. It was it was difficult, and it was it's it, it's not as difficult anymore at all. Actually, I'm I'm finding it a delight, but it was it was hard in the beginning. It's a challenging medium because you're going into two different directions at once, which is something a lot of people don't realize. It's 
one thing to be a writer, it's one thing to be an artist, but yeah. it's to be a writer and an artist at the same time. Yeah. There's that. There's there's also the lack of immediatism. Like I like being immediate. I like you know having an action painting or something, yeah. or taking a taking a rubber stamp and smearing it against the page, or or doing finger paints or whatever. Because I play with any medium that's in front of me. I always play with different things, and I like the immediate result of this experimentation. Uh, and you want to translate that into comics, but you, you freeze. You can't. You know I'm not going to make the spontaneous drawing a thousand times. Yeah. You know, and then put it together and magically it's a comic. You know. Um, I'd like, I mean, it's an ideal that that kind of thing could happen, but not any point yet, you know? One thing that stuck out looking at your older work is there was a certain, I don't want to say violent aspect, but there was some kind of vigor in there that I don't find anymore. Okay. Is that something you, in your earlier work, that you kind of had more of a vigorous feeling doing it? Uh, I was still, I was quite a bit on the guts and eyeballs and, uh, and underground comics and all that stuff. I w I'm still there, kind of. Yeah. I, I like, I, I like that, you know, the mamby-pamby things that we've been enjoying in, in contemporary comics as of late, kind of, I, I don't, I don't go for it. <laughs> you know, I still like the underground comics. I still like, like the Wilson and... Not, not necessarily that much, but stuff that's a little bit more, let's say, funny and brutal than... Um, poignant and earnest, you know what I mean? I don't, I can't do that too much, but uh, it's also, I don't know whether it's an ink and versus pencil thing also. Um, I guess it could be because with the, with the ink you get more of that sharp, hard line, which depending on the tools you're using can really confine you, I guess. For me it was, you know, because yeah. uh, I don't like putting pencils down and then inking on top of it. It bothers me. I want it to be immediate switching to the pencils because I could scan them or whatever was yeah. like holy moly and I've always wanted to do that I mean drawing when I was 15 years old and I just finished reading the Lord of the Rings all I wanted to do was was uh, draw uh, fairy forests <laughs> you know like if, like ethereal beautiful fairy forests and I realized that I couldn't and I realized at the same time that what I could do was draw guts and intestines and blood and mortar and yeah and more yeah I was totally more on the mortar side right and so I was doing all that and I said to myself, I'll do the gross until I'm so good at it that I can do the fairy wings. And I think I've come around and I think I could do subtle things and, I could, and that's with the pencil and the smudging and the erasing and, and bringing out these ghosty images which I like, you know? Well, you're um, little rabbit creatures. Yeah. What's, what's the best term for them? Uh, rabbit creatures? Uh, yeah. They're not really rabbits. They're not rabbits. They're like what I said in the, in the afterword of the Inside outside overlap. They're like, they're not cartoon bunnies. They're cartoons of cartoon bunnies, which is just another kind of intellectual wank. But because <laughs> um, uh, I'm not like, it's not like, oh, you really like rabbits. I'm like, I don't give a shit about rabbits. You know, I mean, I like animals, but I like they're cartoons. I don't know how else to describe it. Yeah. They're, 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 but they are demigods. They are some sort of. They are trickster deities. They are like, but in the in the great tradition of Bugs Bunny. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's it's that. You know. Uh, but I don't know what to call them. I'll call them bunnies for short, as a shorthand, you know? Bunny bunnies, cartoon yeah, bunnies. Bunnies, yeah. Cartoon, cartoon bunnies. Cartoon, cartoon um, bunnies. There, there, there seems to be, like you just said, that trickster aspect to it. So I say they seem very um, disturbed cartoon creatures. I kind of like, they don't act disturbed, but I get this like disturbed feeling from them. They're, they could be a little intense. They, they, they could be a little intense in, as regards to the, the human universe. I think they, they, 
they're just beginning. I'm, I'm just trying. To, I'm starting now to have this cohesive cartoon universe, cohesive, quote unquote, right? Yeah. Um, where Boy Priest and the Bunnies first came together in a page for the Comics Journal special edition. They, they did a little Montreal, Montreal thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I did a page a that. that last night, I love that, and I was like, oh wait a minute, and, they, and there's words too, which I rarely do, and uh, and I'm like, okay, that's how am I gonna maintain that relationship, you know, the, the, the bunnies and the humans, what's the relationship, and because uh, usually they just stick around in their own world, and their own world is one of monoliths and, and little holes and trap doors and dimensional portals and slugs and all this crap, and um, yeah, I like them, I like them, I just, I, I want to kind of bring it out a little bit more, you know? And back to the gender sure. ambiguity, I get that feeling from them where they're kind of genderly ambiguous inside this highly sexualized state because we've got these weird, I don't know, morphing kind of wood ring-esque, I don't want to say wood ring-esque, but that's the first thing that's come to mind. Yeah, yeah, the monoliths and the and the holes. The space sexual. Oh, those things, those are word balloons, you know? Okay. And and um, they kind of speak to each other in very uh, yeah. They're, they're, I've been doing these beans for a long time, and they started before Woodring occurred to me, and um, and they're interesting, and and, and they they they're kind of beans. They're beans. They started as beans uh, and and plant matter, and then I did a story in the Overlords of Glee. I think uh, Mother Tongue naturally is what it's called, and it's basically these forest creatures are. Um, well, the seed falls off, off the tree, and it, and the fruit is birthed at the same time as the forest creatures utter language, and it's the it's this kind of crux between this this, this plant life and this language thing. So it's like sex, uh, vegetation, and language mixed together, and they're, they're so they're kind of like conscious word balloons. Um, so there's the formalist thing in the comics that, that, that I'm playing mm -hmm. with the things. I haven't made little panels with arms and legs yet, thank God, or pine, uh, gutters, sorry. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, we'll see what happens. Avoid the gutter. <laughs> um, yeah, that's kind of where that is, if I'm answering correctly. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, and I don't want to be saying this is like comparing, but there's, there's seem, the, the similarity between even Woodring is the way that kind of dream aspect works within your work. Yeah. I think, is that accurate? I think so. I'm not a big, I don't study his stuff, you know. I've, yeah. re I've read uh, quite a bit of it. Um, I don't, but I mean, I don't within I your own work. It. That's what I do, in, yeah. In it's your just, own work, dreams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all, it, it's, all, it's all dreams and, and, and intuition and trusting what I'm doing and not knowing what I'm doing until it's finished, kind of, you know, and go, oh, look at that. That kind of makes sense. You know, and uh, like for example, one of the stories in the Overlords of Glee, I did. I was drawing at work when I worked at Fishtra in Montreal, a little comic store, and at home. So I was drawing the comic in two different locations at once, drawing panels in each place, and then collecting those panels. And then I brought them all together. And hey, there was a story there. Once I cut all the panels out and rearranged them. Uh, a story, quote, you know, <laughs> a loose little dream journey. Surreal story. Yeah, but there is something there. I could, I could, I could actually annotate these things. You know what I mean? Like some people don't get it, read and they don't get it, but I could actually, you know, guide you through it. And then, you, and most times I do this, people go, "Oh yeah, I see it now." You know, but uh, unfortunately, I make the kind of comics that I don't like reading, which are difficult comics. I think they could, you know, I'm trying to make them so that they look easy, but they don't have to be. 
And that's the neat thing about your latest book, is it staying on the same thematic lines, the, the artwork definitely makes it a lot more, I guess, accessible. Yeah. I did that, well, I was doing, a, I am doing a quarterly strip, 12 panel strip for Ascent, a yoga magazine put out by Timeless Books. Is that the one that uh, Joe Ullman? Joe Ullman was the art director for this, for that. When I started reading them, like, if you know Joe Ullman. I, I know. <laughs> and then and I look at the back and yeah, there's a quote from I know and love Joe Ullman. He's been incredibly supportive throughout this entire uh, journey. Joe, hi Joe. Um, and uh, he was the art director in this magazine and um, was instrumental in uh, supporting me and getting Arsik Horyak to, uh, to do work for it and uh, hiring wonderful illustrators, whether it's uh, uh, Jillian Tamaki or... Uh, um, Collier, uh, he put he brought all these amazing illustrators into. Dave's coming on next month. Oh, fantastic! Uh, he, so he was like, which is interesting. It's interesting making comics in a non-comic world mm -hmm. where all my cartooning um, peers don't know I'm doing this. So yeah. they see it after five years. They see the book and they go, "Oh, your style is different." And I'm like, "Well, I've been doing this for a few years now uh, because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm working for a yoga magazine. I'm not gonna. I don't want to do hard edges. It's an yeah. opportunity for me to when I heard that I just have to." You know, scan in the images. I could be as subtle and as airy as I wanted to. I was like, right on. So um, just make sure it's a nice high resolution. Yes, that's right. advice to everybody. Yes, <laughs> nice high resolution and uh, nothing too dark printed on the back of it, and and everything is is fine. You know, um, but yeah, more accessible. Um, it looks like something. I, all my my friends that have children, three year olds, four year olds, their their kids are saying that they're, they're, they read it to me again, or the, the kids are reading it to the parents. You know, they're they're the kids are guiding the parents through it. Which is nice, is I don't get that kids book feeling from it. Uh, no, but it's not exactly. It it, it is kid friendly. It's you know kid I mean? friendly, but it's not aimed. I didn't think about that until it was finished. You know, what did I put on the back, I put graphic novel, occult, new age, you know, and I protect, him, <laughs> protect his little bastard. But uh, it, it, it easily could have said kids too, you know? I don't think there's too many kids, kid occult books out there, but there's probably no. a growing market. Um, no, I don't think uh, parents want their kids reading Alistair Crowley. Not yet. Well, unless they're, you know, in the temple. Um, <laughs> but, uh, Mommy, but, can we get an island in Italy? <laughs> I hear there's some nice paintings. <laughs> nice paintings, I'll see. Um, so, uh, yeah, more accessible, uh, friendlier, the little, cause the little guy is friendly, a yeah. little human, it's the first time that I'm doing a human so that you could relate to, you can't really relate to the bunnies, you know, the bunnies are mm -hmm. kind of like, there's a detachment there, they, they're, they're sinister maybe, um, uh, the, the first thing, the overlords of Glee, the first time I was making these strips with that name, they were, uh, they were wreaking havoc on humanity. They were just making. They were. They were basically saying "fuck you, human." Was the, the punchline at every strip? You know what I mean? Or something stupid like that? You know? Uh, or human, I see you. You know, and you are going to fail. You know? And uh, so this, I was trying to wait. Wait a minute. Let's see what what's the human face? Because I I've, I don't make humans in my yeah. stories, and I'm like I want to. You know, I want to make comics that people could kind of get a little bit. You know? Um, I think I'm getting there. So tell me about the art installation you have, you're working on in the gallery right now. Um, it's a... Uh, in the Helen Pitt Gallery on Alexander Street. Yes. Um, it's basically uh, in process-based work. I'm here working in the gallery for three weeks. 
I'm making stuff accidentally as it occurs uh, with people that are coming through. Um, I'm using whatever medium is at hand, uh, color tape on the walls, pencils, uh, tree branches, found objects, uh, photocopy machine to remix people's documents and stuff like this. Uh, it's, it's fun for me. I've always played with a lot of different things, uh, but I've always aligned myself with comics and the co comic community yeah. more. Uh, maybe it's a political statement in terms of the art world thing, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> uh, I find that the comics community is incredibly supportive and, uh, and yeah. whatnot. Yeah. And uh, hi, folks. Uh, hi. It's all done. Yeah, it stops. Okay. Um, it's an open gallery. People are coming in. People are, people are coming in. And, uh, and uh, what, I've always played with different things, right? So, you know, whatever, whether I'm crumpling paper or whether I'm like, you know, uh, Ranging pebbles in a row or something like this. So it was an it was a nice opportunity for me to kind of show different things. You know, is an installation like this a kind of a different direction that you haven't taken before? Oh yeah, yeah. I've never filled a gallery before. Uh, I went to I was at, I was uh, invited to to do a residency at the Banff Center in Alberta last mm. two years ago, and I had a studio there. I never had a big white studio before. It's like, holy, imagine the, the fear of approaching the blank canvas, right? Yeah. Imagine it, the, you know. The blank room. Well, yeah, it's a huge blank room. You're like, what do I do with this, you know? You gotta piss, <laughs> piss in every corner. Like, I was literally like rubbing against the walls to kind of claim it, you know? What do you do? So this is an extension of what I learned there, which was that I have a lot of different streams in what I do in terms of art, and uh, that the only common denominator is me in all these little behaviors and that I should be comfortable showing them all that I don't have to like worry let's say you know I've always been worried if somebody wants a, a painting or a piece of art for a group show and I never knew what to give them do I give them the bunny or the robot or the pebble or the abstract what do I do you know so this is a kind of part of claiming that that it's all connected and it's okay you know and I don't have to compartmentalize myself too much so how long will you be working on this until until June 14th officially. Uh, Tuesday through Saturday, uh, 12 to 5, people are welcome to drop in and uh, make fun of me and uh, look poke at and laugh. Yeah, poke and laugh, look at the high art. <laughs> well, I like it. I like having a gallery show in an artist-run center and having a comic book launch at a comic store the next day. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, and that it's not the stuff that's in the gallery is not stuff from my comics on the wall. Like yeah. It's a completely different thing. It's not even like versions of it. You know, uh, no, I, I, I find thing. that actually pretty fascinating looking at what you're doing here um, and then reading your work and it's definitely different directions and then I guess it's using all parts of your brain. Kind of. The themes are the same though, eh? Like this yeah. is the same old crap, you know? Um, same shit, different pile? Pretty much. But the thing, the thing about what, what's interesting about this stuff or about like, comics too, right? Like, let's say uh, somebody wants to make comics on their own. Forget color, right? Color is out of the picture. Uh, found objects, or you know, you're, you're not going to sculptural elements in a mini comic, for God's sake, let alone, you know. So it's I've seen them. <laughs> bastards. Um, uh, so this is nice, you know. It's like, and I'm not really a big photographer. I don't photograph or document my stuff too well. Uh, but I love books, and I love throwing things in the pages of books. And this is whatever. This is a kind of different. Uh, not necessarily a different direction, but more of a, a different exploration of a direction that's always been there. Is that kind of an appeal of what you're doing? Is that you know, say, come, I don't know, 
June 15th paints on the wall and it's gone again. That's interesting. You know, it, it is interesting that things are temporary here and, uh, um, yeah, and not to be precious about the art. You know what I mean? Not to be all like, coveting. Yeah, and, and worried about it, you know? And that took me a long time. And it was the help of, uh, of like people like Mark Bell, who is able to draw with so many of his friends. And the first time I sat and drew with him, I was like nervous. You know, I couldn't let go, and that was yeah. years ago. And now I'm a little. Now I'm like, woo! I could, I could, yeah, I could take my top just, off now. He just finds a scrap piece of paper and he just starts drawing. It's he just goes, yeah, yeah, he goes, and I'm able to do that on my own. But it never occurred to me to share that work, you know. And and so I'm, I'm kind of learning by looking at my peers and my friends and seeing how they're presenting their work, and if they're tortured about it or if they're easy about it, and and you know, helping myself with allowing myself to, to pull out stuff that was relegated to the scrap pile and saying, well, no, actually there's something here that I could show, you know, I don't have to, to keep this as a private piece, you know. Um, and working publicly is also something about that because a lot of, I have to face the fact that a lot of my inspiration is, is directly other people, not other artists, but other human beings, mammals that I could talk to and ask them opinions and, and they show me things and I trigger memories and, and then I just go. So, I, so this is definitely an interactive experience. Yeah, well I try, I try to make it, you know, it's a little tough. I mean, uh, there's some people that could come in and walk out and there's some people that I could have a little conversation with, you know. Um, and I like that, you know, people are my, you know. Your folks. <laughs> I like the people, you know what I mean? I really do like the humans. It's, a, it's sad, but it's true. Now, what's, you're doing another event at the... Uh, oh, yeah, at the, the Radisbass. Yeah, the art workshop. What's yeah. that going to be? That's going to be basically uh, where me and other folks sit around together and uh, non-artists, so to speak, and yeah. uh, we're going to have a little play session. Just drawn? No, you know, we'll draw, we'll rip up paper, we'll tape it back together, we'll cut it out, we'll stick it, you know, yeah. we'll pass it along, basically to show that, I, I don't like this idea that, and, and I think it's prevalent in some places that art is the province of a uh, select few, that uh, creativity is, you know, is, no, you know, it's, it's, everybody does this stuff, man, everybody does this stuff, whether it's setting a table or decorating their room or cooking or whatever the hell it is, it's, people have creative impulses constantly, the way they dress, the way they walk, the way they express themselves, and um, let's get it out of the hands of the, the self-pronounced experts. Take it away from the man. Yeah, take it away from the fucking man, yeah, actually, can I swear on this? This is online only. Ow! So. Um, and, uh, thank you, internet, and, uh, so we hope to, I hope to have fun with a bunch of people, essentially, you know, yeah. and, uh, and create something. We'll make a little something, you know, everybody will walk away with something, a uh, little is, workshop. This is a free workshop? Uh, no, it costs, money? it costs money, and to tell you the truth, I don't know how much it costs. Probably a sliding scale. It might be 25 bucks or something like this, I'm not sure. Um, and uh, you could contact the folks at Rada if there anybody wants. And I'll have a link on the website. Yeah. Instead.com. Fantastic. And um, your website is? I have a lot of websites. Okay. Just Google my name, you know, Mavreas. M-A-V-R-E-A-S. Google it now. Uh, well, you know, you could open up a new window. And, 
it's fine. I've got a lot of crap on the internet. It's all over the place. Uh, I have some drawings. I have uh, I have a lot of uh, collaborative drawings with Joe Ullman and Todd Stewart on my drawings blog. Oh, nice. And uh, yeah, we're we're man drawing salon, and uh, where there's three of us, and we pass drawings back and forth and obliterate ourselves with cheap beer and. Uh, yeah, and Sounds and like we a good way to live, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, and then we go surfing. Surfing <laughs> <laughs> the great waves of St. Lawrence River. <laughs> oh Lord, the sludge waves. Mm. I've never actually made it all the way to Montreal for more than a night. Oh, it's a nice town, man, and uh, you know you have places to stay. You know, I've got plenty of friends there, and the yeah. person that actually did the show before me many years ago lives there now too. So Who's that? Robin Fisher. I know Robin. There we go. Yes. Highly energetic young lady. Yes, she is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, no, she's always fun to talk about the comics with and everything. She loves the comics. She does. She loves the comics. Robin, <laughs> you love comics. <laughs> well, cool. Well, uh, book launch. There's you know something every night almost. Friday here at the Helen Pitt. Saturday book launch at Lucky's. And mm-hmm. Monday is the the space. Yeah, it's going to be a little busy. It's a little Billy weekend. Back to Montreal. Back in Montreal on the 16th of June and... Uh, You're doing an event at the Beguiling, right? I'll do a thing at the Beguiling and at another gallery in Toronto, I think in mid-July. I don't know exactly when uh, There's where. a date for the Beguiling. Thing. Yeah, okay. Okay, yeah. And I'm going to have a, an art show with Michael Como and as part of the book launch, too. Uh, Michael Como is a, an illustrator and screen printer in Toronto, and he's great. And we're yes. going to do a little fun thing together. A lot of talented folks in Toronto. Oh, boy. Canada is just the whole... All of Canada, all of our great land. <laughs> our wonderful <laughs> Well, thanks, Bill. Thank you. And don't forget, people, the new book is Inside, Outside, Overlap. And uh, I suppose it's Timeless Books. Timeless Books timeless out of Toronto, books. yeah. There we go. Check it out, folks. Thanks. Right Thank you. Hello.